Hi, Tilly. Hi, Tilly. How are you? Welcome to another Tuzamen. Thank you Hi, for Benny. coming. Hi, Benny. 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 Sapiro. Sapiro. Paris. Paris. Oh, my God. Only oh, my thing God. is that they put us in the place. Oh, my God. <laughs> San Germain. Ah. Can, can you great. tell us about... Tilly, do you oh. want to introduce our distinguished guest? <laughs> Benny has two and a half galleries. Oh, it's going to be two three soon. exist, and the third one is in the making. Ah. So, and they're all in the same tiny, tiny uh, neighborhood. He will tell us where. And uh, in a way, Benny is, is not stuck, but he belongs to the old world of Europe oh. in the 30s, you know. So... Benny, tell us a little bit about it, uh, about your galleries, your you passion. Okay. I have to fix something here. Uh, <laughs> straighten your up your passion. eyeliner. Okay. No, it's my night. Never mind. Um, and the, okay. as, I, as I said, I live in a small village in, in uh, the middle of Paris, Paris which is called Saint-Germain-des-Prés. Oh, small and, uh, and I think in the, in the next 10 or 12 days, I should have a, a third gallery from two and a half. I will pass to a free. Wow. Right. wow. And, and they are uh, one next to the other? They are close to each other? Yeah. Oh, same, same. They are uh, 50 meters and uh, 10 meters. Oh. So it's three galleries. You walk between the three, then you walk to the exactly. coffee shop and then to the Bistro. So yeah. what is it? In, in the middle of the, just in the middle, you have the coffee shop, which is essential. Okay. It's, it's the second office. Right. So what is the difference? With the art, there is a difference between the three galleries? Uh, not at all. Uh, the only oh. difference is uh, I need the uh, uh, walls desperately. Wow. Because uh, I've been, uh, we are, uh, uh, it's, it's been 20 years now, I have uh, the gallery, Le Minotaur, this is the name of the gallery, which was a library, a mythological library, and a newspaper for surrealist and ethnographic uh, art in the 30s. And then in the 60s, uh, the gallery was, uh, the gallery uh, was from the 60s to the 80s, a library which was uh, renowned for the surrealist and the uh, movie activity they had. So that's why I kept the name. Oh. And uh, basically, we, we have, um, I have the same program. And uh, the use of uh, multiple galleries is uh, several times. What I like to do is, uh, mainly what I like to do is to make a, a one-man show, one-woman show, uh, a, a monographic exhibition, and put in context uh, this artist with uh, the uh, creation of the time and uh, the group he participated to give a, 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 a larger view on an artist, which you understand I need for a lot of space. Right, right. but tell me, you it's know, on the way. I have a, 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 I'm, I'm kind of comf not comfortable um, that I'm an ignorant in a way. So I will ask you something, you know, really will jump in. So in, in films, when I teach language of films, uh, you know, I can, I teach my students or practice with them how to analyze a film in terms of uh, different cinematic elements and how cinematic uh, each cinematic element enhances the dramatic moment, etc. How what tools do you use in order to evaluate painting? Except uh, that like it or not, no. I would say exactly the same as uh, as in uh, movies or in any uh, other uh, uh, manifestation of art. I mean, 
to get back to uh, uh, my context is uh, I'm specialized in the uh, avant-garde, uh, the beginning of the 20s, uh, of the 10s until uh, uh, the 50s, basically around the, the uh, Russian uh, Revolution and, uh, and all the social revolutions in uh, Europe. One of my specialties is, uh, uh, and that's uh, why maybe Tzili invited me today, is the uh, Jewish avant-garde on the turn of the 20th century and the uh, renewal of the, uh, of the Yiddish culture and the Jewish culture as, as a whole, as a, uh, they were climbing to, uh, claiming to uh, achieve uh, independence, emancipation through the avant-garde. So uh, you have a, 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 a literary branch, they, they all work together. You had the theater, you had the, the uh, writers, the poets, just to give you some names, you have uh, Uri Tzvi Grimberg, uh, Shalom Alechem, you have uh, uh, Joshua, Joshua Singer, the, the big brother of, uh, uh, of Bashevit Singer, Peretz Markish, uh, 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 a whole lot of uh, publication from uh, Albatros in uh, Warsaw to Chaliastra uh, in uh, Warsaw and, uh, and, uh, and other in Berlin. So it's a, uh, first of all, to judge something, it's like a movie, you have a context. So when you uh, look at these paintings that were the creation of the time, there is a story behind it. It's not just a, a guy who, uh, at least uh, in what I'm, uh, uh, doing. It's not just a guy who wakes up in the morning and decides to, uh, to paint a, a bird or a tree. It's, uh, it's first of all uh, uh, an intellectual engagement. This is the, the base of the avant-garde movements. Benny, why did, you, why did you land on this section of the art world? Uh, it's a story of my life, of my family. I come from, uh, my family come from uh, Bessarabia, Romania, Moldova, and, uh, and had to, my mother left to Israel, my father left to France after the Second World War, uh, from completely different backgrounds. My father from a small uh, village, my mother from a big city in a, a, in, in a, a big family of industrials in uh, Romania. And basically I follow my, my family and my story follows uh, the, the story of all the artists and, uh, and poets and writers who left uh, Eastern Europe and, and mm -hmm. spread all around the world. And this movement, which I'm working on, the Culture Liga, which was founded in Kiev in 1918. In Kiev, you said? It was founded in Kiev and it then spread all around the, it, it was globalization before the globalization. It spread out the communist party sent, sent to Kiev uh, uh, some uh, uh, guys to control them. So they moved, they did a edition house and a theater. So they moved it to Warsaw, then to uh, Berlin, then all over uh, Europe until they got to New York. And one of the amazing things, because I told you it's globalization, one of the amazing things, it's, I think it's in 1926, seven, there was the D book right. on stage in the same time in New York, in Warsaw, oh. and in, uh, and in uh, Moscow, in uh, three different uh, <coughs> type of Yiddish, but the three of them at the same time in uh, almost three uh, different continents. So it's uh, quite oh, unbelievable. The name of the, uh, so it's a movement, right? 
Culto Liga, it's a movement founded uh, by three uh, uh, painters, basically Ribak, Dikritin, uh, and uh, Boris Aronson, who then became the biggest uh, scenographer of New York, Broadway. He founded the Yiddish Theater. He was the, the main star of the Yiddish Theater in New York, and then from 31, moved to Broadway. And he produced uh, uh, The Fiddler on the Roof. He got uh, eight Tony Awards. I think he got the most... Uh, yeah. Uh, Tony Awards in the career uh, for a scenographer. So you have a uh, through, uh, it, 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 this is why it, it is so close to me. I mean, uh, I lived in Israel. I was born in Paris. My family came from uh, uh, from uh, Bessarabia in uh, Moldova, Romania, Moldova. And uh, I've been all around like all these guys and uh, I finally settled in Paris, but uh, who knows uh, where we'll be in a few years. The only thing I know is after my, uh, uh, <laughs> I came to Israel when I was 11, I left after my military service. I had the gallery for seven years there with a partner in uh, Tel Aviv from 2007, 2014. Uh, the only uh, identity problem uh, that uh, the state of Israel solved for me is uh, it set me free. I finally understood uh, uh, what is a wandering Jew and uh, I can assume it today, I am a wandering Jew. Wow. Yeah, I think it might be the healthiest uh, position for the may, Jews. A lot of people now maybe become when they were Jews, as you can imagine. This is the, but, but you can understand now that uh, after uh, uh, this uh, short and uh, intense existence uh, the state of Israel had, I don't think there is another intellectual solution for the Jews that, uh, for a Jew than to be a uh, wandering Jew. I think so I have no claim, I have no claim whatsoever on the ground, stones or anything like this. You know, I think that one of the tragedies of uh, Israel and the Israeli society is that we couldn't wander anymore because we got settled and we got stuck and the Jews need to move. And it's very hard to maintain uh, life in the same spot all the time. And uh, as much as I think that Israel should exist, it's really, it doesn't work well with the Jewish quality of moving around. It's, it's something is working in the wrong way. We didn't find out yet the, the ultimate way to exist, I think. Uh, and, and, a Jew, and a Jew who is not uh, moving around, uh, uh, finally uh, will probably get a cerebral uh, death. I mean, uh, if you're not, uh, if we're not moving around, we're stuck. We, we're not only stuck; we are burying ourselves. Right. You're right. Then, is there With any everything we have around? Is there any difference between what you do in Paris to the way it presented in the, the States, for example? Uh, same community, same movement. Is anybody uh, focusing and showing the the artistic way in the United States the way you the do? The Jewish in Museum, you? maybe. Except I the Jewish know. Museum. Not not the Jewish Museum, not at all. I have to tell you that uh, uh, I've been doing this for 33 years now. Uh, my job, which is not a job, but I can tell you from what I learned and there are wonderful Jewish Museum who are doing a wonderful work, but they have a main problem and they, they cannot uh, uh, live through it. Uh, uh, they have a schizophrenic problem, the Jewish. Uh, so every time you come to see a Jewish museum, say, listen, I want to do something about the Jewish. Oh, no, 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 not a Jewish artist, not a Jewish, it's, it's too much. We cannot do a Jewish artist. <laughs> or it must be 
the whole Jewish thing in New York was moving from the Jewish Museum to the Yeshiva University Museum to Evo's Museum. They play musical chairs all the time because they want to be part of the scene, but they want to serve the Jews better. And it's moving around all the time. Is it inferiority complex or they think it's not sexy enough? The no, I think it is. It's really schizophrenic. It's uh, proper to uh, because mo mostly, uh, for example, the Jewish Museum in Paris, which is a wonderful institution. I had a, a, a show with the Batia Museum with mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ribak, which was the house of uh, Sonia Ribak, the wife of Ribak, who is co-founder of the Culture League, one of the main figures. And there's a whole collection of paintings which are uh, in Batyam where were uh, 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 never shown until uh, we had this great uh, uh, new uh, director uh, who, who took in hand the museum and we did this project uh, in uh, Paris with the Jewish Museum. Means we had a show in uh, the two galleries and in the Jewish Museum, but they they didn't. They didn't want that first to, uh, to show it. I did all the organization. Now they're interested, they are interested in doing a, a monographic show, a big uh, a monographic show because they saw the works. But the first reaction was, oh, whoa, 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 Jewish artists, no, please. Uh, it's complicated. It's... But they understand that it's not only a Jewish artist, it's, it's an avant-garde artist, which has, is related to the uh, scene of Kiev in 1918 with all the... Uh, Russian and Sovietic uh, revolution avant-garde and uh, you know when they understood it they said okay then we can do the show and they have uh, some things in their collection which they are showing right now also. So what is the main characteristic of this uh, you know of uh, a Jewish gallery let's say because they do follow as you said some universal um, you know like like uh, surrealism or you know what I mean? Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I'm doing this like a, I'm, uh, the treatment I'm giving to, to the Jewish uh, avant-garde is the same I would do to uh, uh, Hungarian uh, avant-garde or uh, I, I, it is qualified like a, a, all the avant-garde were a, a reunion of uh, communities. And that's why uh, it took a long time to, uh, to accept the fact that the Jews had also their own uh, claims and uh, what emancipation also. And it, it ended up with uh, Stalin uh, uh, giving uh, the Jews in 1932 a country in a, a republic in the middle of the desert of Birobijan, where the language, the official language was uh, Yiddish. And uh, if you go to the train station there, uh, all the signs were written in Yiddish. The, the Yiddish theater was installed there. And it was supposed to be uh, the uh, Jewish uh, Republic, uh, and the language was officially the Yiddish, which was a counter project to the uh, Zionist uh, project. Wow! You know, you, the level of of your commitment and the depth of your work, it's really standing in the standards of a museum, not just a gallery. There's something very specific and very professional and the way you also, you publish the books that goes with everything. It's really that you see in museums, not in galleries. So you resume, like, it's not a question of size and, 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 and diversity of, you know, they have different, they try to mix stuff. Um, I don't, do you accept the definition that you are a museum? 
not at all. I'm I'm a passionate I'm a passionate guy and I'm a storyteller. I don't have the pretension to uh, to give it. Of course, uh, we are rigorous and uh, when we do something, we try to do it uh, the most uh, seriously and and academic. uh, I don't think that he's a museum, but I think that the way he he looks at things and the way he presents things, it's a museum level. But it isn't it. There's only certain percentage of audience that is really interested in what you do. So you probably have like a, the same community that has connection with your product and with your activity in Paris I, or in the whole world. Do you have people from outside of uh, France that keep in touch with you? Oh, outside the Jewish community. Outside the Jewish community. Oh. I have a, a very small amount of a, of a Jewish community a, a clients or followers, or even for this kind of art, specifically on the Jewish avant-garde, you have maybe a, in New York two a collectors and a, maybe one, I would say one in France, but it's not even one a real a collector because I would say that as the uh, Jewish uh, museum are schizophrenic, the Jews collectors are schizophrenic also. So yeah. they would like to have a Picasso, a Warhol, or a, want to be part of what, what, whatever, whatever, don't remind them uh, where they come from. Yes. Wow. And hopefully the next generation uh, will be more uh, keen to, uh, to, to, to understand where they come from and how they got here. So what are the men, when you look at, I don't know if you can find a through line, kind of a through line that goes through the two galleries and the third one in terms of how do you pick up, uh, you know, what you, what you accept, you know, what you put on the walls? I'm a storyteller. I'm not capable of uh, of uh, writing a book like uh, Joshua Zinger, but uh, I'm a storyteller in my way, so I can produce a, a storytelling. Like you would, I would say it's between a movie and a and a book. And I'm, I'm trying to tell a story in a different manner, which is uh, illustrated by the the thing you will see on the wall and by a, a text it's which are more or less academic or stories. So, I, so you, you enter to another world and to an old existence. Yeah. And, and the display is, uh, is, uh, uh, is telling the story. I mean, in the way uh, we're doing the catalog, uh, and you, 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 you put someone, somebody inside and, and, and he gets inside the story, we, we're trying to illustrate on the walls in the same way. So if there are different sections, uh, for example, uh, the Rebac exhibition, we had the whole section of, uh, of uh, publishing. <coughs> it did a lot of books and especially uh, children's books. There was an edition uh, house, which was the edition house of the Culture League. And they, they, did, uh, they tried to make very simple uh, uh, stories for children, which was called, uh, you know, published in three volumes and called by Rebac Maisalach. Myself for and it was it was a repertoire of all the uh, Jewish and non-Jewish uh, stories. You have, for example, Baba Iga, which is uh, Hansel and Gretel in uh, hmm. German, with very simple drawings, and and all the writers were showing their kids uh, the drawings of Ribak, and they were saying to Ribak, "Listen, it is working." 
you have a minimum of text and a very aggressive uh, image, very scary image, and the kids uh, uh, were uh, were horrored. You know, it was working. When right. you saw the witch, it was a witch. Well, tell me something. Maybe it's again a question of uh, I don't know, ignorant. So when you put pictures on the wall. Are you thinking about the dialogue between the two pictures, one next to another, and then to the next one? It's almost like a, monta a kind of a montage, right? You, you of know, course, I mean, another yeah. image, but there is always, like in motion picture, the the uh, juxtaposition of two images sometimes create a new meaning. So I don't know if when you hang, I always ask myself, is there a dialogue between the pictures who are next one next to another? There is always there is a concern of composition because uh, if you I don't know. mean to, it creates. Yes, a, of course. Like, in the mind of, of, of course, the viewer, of course. You, you need on one side you need to tell a story. Uh, the, the evidence is that uh, you always want to uh, to give more and more details. It means more and more paintings on the wall, which will not uh, serve uh, the story. You think it's uh, important to put everything, but it's not. With less uh, things, you can tell exactly the same thing and maybe more clearly. Mm. So I would say you have a, a, a story to tell and then you have a composition uh, to make. It's like a, a play or a book. You, you need a, a balance between uh, both of them. And so what, to what degree you think when I look at a painting, like the one behind you, to what degree um, the painter, and actually you are as an extension, give me the freedom to, to look at it my way, or, or there is enough there that I have to connect to the intent of the painter? First of all, uh, there should be enough, but when you, when you show one painter, when you, you take your time and you make a, a, a zoom or a focus on a, one artist, you can then show uh, other things. We can show uh, sketches. You can uh, show the making of a painting, the making of a series. You can uh, uh, show the making of a book. If you have, uh, for example, the Maisalach, we have uh, 19 original works, which were uh, uh, supposed to be used in the volume. So on one, on one side, we presented the book, which was printed in Berlin in 1922. And on the walls were presented the original uh, drawings. We have 19 of them. The re all the rest of them are in the uh, Israel Museum. It's interesting how we perceive both. You know, like you know, Gertrude Stein, she used to say, a rose is a rose is a rose. So when you see a rose on a painting, it's a rose. It has a certain color, a certain shape, you know, mm -hmm. everything. And then when you read a book, I, you and me can see different thread in our mind, different shape. You know, but, but you, if you see the rose, you take it differently. Yes, it's very uh, personal. Yeah, no, wait, but but what you say, you read it in. You said you read it and then you see it. The, the, it's like the, yes, you see, it, but you see, you 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 have two a uh, uh, level of uh, of uh, looking on it. You have an historical uh, uh, story one. which we're trying to uh, to. Uh, to put on a wall and uh, to tell us a story, but it's uh, historical. And then you have the quality of uh, the paintings itself and of uh, the artist, which is, I won't tell you that all of them are uh, 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 masterpieces, 
but you can have a, a masterpiece and then you can have a 10 sketches which will uh, take you to this masterpiece. Right. So you can see also the making of uh, the masterpiece. Yes, yes, the kind of, yeah, but tell me something, is the young artist today, do you know if anybody is trying to recapture the Jewish life, the Jewish life, or even, yeah. Listen, I'm working sometimes with uh, because we're publishing a lot, and uh, and I'm, I'm myself a collector of uh, contemporary art. I'm also vice president of the uh, committee of the galleries. It's wow, uh, wow. of of, of friends. Yeah, that's, that's something. Wow, it's a yes. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm collecting. I'm my my mother had a, a perfumery, you know, like a cosmetic shop, and here I am talking to. That's a big mistake. Big mice. Okay. <laughs> so I'm also a, I'm also a collector, and I know uh, most of the artists and my colleagues, which are contemporary dealers, and uh, I would say a lot of them come to me, and I did also shows with uh, mixing uh, contemporary art, even with Israeli artists. We did a show uh, with Marishek in uh, 2000, and, uh, I think it was 11 in Israel, and then in Paris with uh, Israeli artists uh, from Sigalit Landau to Annette Messager to uh, historical things like uh, uh, George Gross or uh, artists from the 20s from Dada. So uh, a lot of young artists come to me and they want to show. So I'm making very uh, uh, careful and uh, very few uh, projects with uh, young artists, but when I do it, I give them uh, the opportunity to uh, confront themselves to uh, the stock, to what I have. It means I give them the opportunity to uh, confront with uh, modern historical art. Right. Right. And uh, I have, for example, a guy which is a French guy called René Loricollet. Uh, we did a show of, I mean, uh, we wanted to make a show uh, with his gallerist and with him and some uh, uh, avant-garde painting from the collection. And we start to speak and I see the guy is a little bit uh, special. Uh, he has some metaphysical uh, issues. And I said, listen, I'm going to show you something uh, you won't believe. And I showed him Boris Aronson. We did the show of Boris Aronson and the Jewish uh, theater, which was, we did the show also uh, partly in the museum, the city of New York, 2016. When he saw this, the guy became crazy, but totally crazy. He has no Jewish background. He's uh, married and have a kid with a Japanese woman. He's a real French from a center of, I mean, the guy has no, no link whatsoever to Yiddish or to Jewish. He got the, the D-book. And since then he did a series, we did a confrontation between him and Boris Aronson. And he did the whole construction, like the cabinet of Lisitsky in the gallery. And it was during the pandemic. And since he did a movie, then after the, the show, he did the small movie on the D-book which was shown at the Jewish Museum. Huh? You don't say, at the Jewish Museum. Yes, he's not a Jewish artist, so we can show it at the Jewish yeah. Museum. Right. The small movie right. and the D-book. So this is to tell you that there is a, a dialogue. I didn't push him, he, he was fascinated. I could have done, done a surrealist a show and a, a project with him a completely different. But when I started to speak with him about uh, the, the, the D-book and uh, all these stories of uh, uh, the Jewish theater and all the, the golem, all the mysteries, the, the, the guy uh, became crazy. <clears throat> the, the students, the art students from the Bozar, which is the end of the street, do they pass by? Do they stop? Do they come oh, in? That's interesting. Do they have any interest or they just keep walking? 
not only they pass by, every summer I show them. On August, we close the, we have a project in Rue des Beaux-Arts, which is extended now to Old Saint-Germain, uh, and done with, uh, they call the Beaux-Arts with the director. It's coordinated now, but we started some 15 years ago. We were taking young artists and putting them uh, in the windows for August. In August, everything is closed in the area. So everybody put a paper on the on the vitrines on the windows, and you cannot see nothing. There's a famous photograph from nine, from Bill Clinton and and his and his daughter Chelsea in the middle of the with the Seine on the 15th of August, and you cannot see one painting on the on the on the, the window. All, all the windows are shut down. Wow. So uh, to avoid this, and to avoid this, and to use the uh, school of Bazaar, we did this project where every August and this August I had a Russian dissident, a, a woman painter, and the Czech photographer, which is working on biomorphism, which is one of my uh, subjects. And I have uh, uh, some teachers which I work with, with, and historians which are doing texts for me. And I'm trying. I'm asking them to make a first selection of the artists that which I will host in August. So there is a, a strong link now between uh, L'Ecole des Beaux Arts, which is natural. Without this school, we won't be here uh, with uh, galleries. But I, you know, this is this is amazing because you know I keep complaining, and she knows. Um, I'm teaching at NYU in the film school, and I am amazed how ignorant they are. They don't know. They know very little about. A, a paintings or literature or opera, they are absolutely ignorant. And I try to think what can be done about it. And I think that uh, if people will follow, you know, what you do, you know, slowly it can change. Because I don't know how it's kids in France. I, I can tell you two things. I, I, I myself uh, went to the door of uh, uh, L'Ecole des Beaux-Arts in 1990. And I never passed uh, the exams. I went there to uh, to get inside. I stayed in front of the. There was a cafe on the corner of the street. I went to the cafe and I stayed on with, with the bazaar until today. You know, thirty wow. years later. Right. But uh, you need and and I tell you why. I always painted and I draw. And one day, uh, fifteen years ago, when I twenty two years ago, when I met uh, my wife, I destroyed everything. You need oh, you a certain. Okay, tell us about it later. You need you need a certain amount of uh, arrogance of uh, uh, of uh, and, and of ignorance to uh, achieve something in art. And I had already too much uh, knowledge when I started, and I wanted to become uh, an artist and integrate uh, bazaar. I had already already too much knowledge in in art to to, to think uh, or pretend I am gonna I'm gonna do something uh, that nobody did. And if it's to be just another small-time painter, it didn't interest me. I mean, it yeah, was not know, nobody, nobody has your voice. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, your, your voice is your voice. Doesn't matter that there are million other voices, but your voice is, is, is unique. So but I, don't, I don't really- Of I'm course, really but, but, but then like again, you, you you have to uh, choose the right way to uh, to express to use it. Voice, right? Yeah. And and this but was not, not for self, me. Not at least it was not. You were you were judging yourself too much. 
but of course but you have to judge yourself uh, uh, yeah but life. to judge yourself uh, you didn't i don't think well i don't know you but it's almost like philip didn't give yourself a chance you know i since i saw my professors um most of them when they start they started to be a professor they didn't make films because they were afraid to confront to even the judge yeah, yeah yeah and i know that when i finished my phd i didn't go to teach i did it much later first of all i i went and started to make films because i saw my professors you know they knew too much like you said so they didn't take risks but the Diana, more you know maybe yes, in a way the person takes risks why don't you start paint now <laughs> because I'm taking my risk in my own way now. I don't have to. Yeah, I'm painting. I'm painting in my way. I mean, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. my way of uh, expressing uh, uh, myself, and it's right in the middle. It's not uh, on one side or on the other. I'm exactly on the junction, on the on the crossroad, and that's why also young artists they like to come here because, first of all, I give them books, I give them literature. Uh, they they see here things that they, they won't see uh, elsewhere in a gallery. Mm -hmm. It's not just a commercial gallery where we're selling painting. We are telling stories. So they, they come here for this. And, and they when they show here, finally, they come for the confrontation because they know they will have to confront to, to choose a subject with no pressure, but they right. will have to confront themselves with uh, art history. And I won't impose them nothing. I can, uh, you know, follow them or, or help them, but I won't uh, do nothing uh, myself. So they will have to uh, find their own. Uh, yeah. So I way. guess, I guess, uh, when you look at it, uh, most, I guess I don't. I only see one painting, but I will make sure I will, when I go to Paris, I come to your galleries. So at the end of the day, each picture, although it's specific, you know, about Jewish life, also somebody who is not Jewish, there is something coming out universal which can touch anybody, right? It was very funny, I can tell you, because I sold to very few Jews uh, things, or very uh, uh, few uh, uh, Jews who claim uh, themselves as uh, Jews. So either they are very integrated French people uh, with a, a far uh, Jewish background, or people, I mean, one of my best clients here in France is uh, one of uh, the richest industrials in uh, France, is married to a Swiss woman. And there was a painting from a, a goat of a Ribak. A, a goat, goat sitting, a goat sitting in the, shtet, the middle of a shtetl, a goat sitting, you know, but really with this color of a Ukraine in the tent, you know, a yellow, a little bit dirty, look really you know, like, like a goat, uh, like, like Chagall, but in a, in a dark way, you know, really like right. you, where you are sitting in front of the shtetl and you have this goat in front of you. And uh, they bought this piece. I mean, they have nothing to do with uh, Jewish culture, Jewish, Jewish, it's something... Uh, what Jew, do you think? What do you, think? 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 you, you think? know what he told me? Right. You know what he... I asked him uh, after uh, two, three weeks, I told him he's coming every Saturday. So why uh, your wife chose uh, specifically to, oh, you know, she come from the, she come from the upper cellar in the, in the Switzerland, above St. Gallen. And there was a lot, when they grew up, there was a lot of goats in the, the mountain and they grew what up. What I wanted so to ask reminded, reminded her. Uh, the, but that's the, the, the beautiful thing about art because it Cross, once it crosses, and it doesn't of mean course. that they need to understand what the artist wanted to say. It's once universal. It crosses the line, 
you do whatever you want with this, but it gets to you. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. And yeah. don't forget, that's don't forget that the work of art is not finished until somebody look as, looks at it. Right. Yeah, right. So it's, it's there is a every work of art, every piece of art means something else to a, to every person who looks at it it's, and is finishing okay. the creation. Right. I don't know. I I really I I envy you. <laughs> I envy you. I mean, you know, to to pick up what makes you pick up this paintings or that painting. Uh, in what way it speaks to you first? Does it have to speak to you first? Or do you think, oh, will my, the audience will like it? How, you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. And I had this conversation with, uh, we both with my partner, uh, a very nice uh, Kandinsky from uh, 1918. And it was, uh, it's, it's a paperwork, but a very uh, nice and important paperwork. And uh, when uh, I told him the price, he said, it is money. I mean, it's, uh, it's real money. and. Uh, and what if, what if we don't sell it? And the, the, I answered by, uh, by, of course, by a question. I told him, and what if it uh, is not sold? Would you live with it in uh, your uh, living room in your house? He said immediately, of course. I said, this is the only question we have to ask ourselves. Yeah, not if we're going to sell it to somebody, but if we don't sell it, if we are willing to leave it and to uh, uh, pass our life with this piece on the wall. So this, this is the consideration. You know, it's very interesting. I don't know when, but I did mention a few times. So when you write a screenplay, I guess also a book, or even you paint, you ask yourself, and what I will do at that moment? Mm -hmm. You know, I will go back to myself. It's like I have this character, right? It's, it's, I, I tried that it will be a character. I try to understand something about that character. But then at the end, I ask myself and what I would do. You know, to if in what degree I can dive into, you know, the emotional range of the character, and and, and really pick up a chord and completely be part of it, but which happens also in paintings. You know, and when you choose a painting, you know, you look at my house. You may I hope you're not despise me. I have too many reproduction of Picasso. You know, especially his women. Uh, even Israel is like like with, I don't know Kaddishman. I just happened to have uh, Yar, Yar Garbus. I don't know if you know him. You know, of Yar course, Garbus. I had some very oh, nice really? pieces from the seventies. Yes. Oh, I love him. You know, I would like. But anyway, I always, you know, tell my students. You know, when you think about your character, think what 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 paintings he has on the walls, because it will be some reflection of who he is. Uh, yes, but it's complicated, you know, there are, I never judge a collector and there are people who are not collecting, who just uh, uh, put around them uh, the images they want to have, they, are not, uh, they don't uh, have this pulsion of, uh, of uh, owning uh, things. But uh, even in this uh, way, I know a lot of people, I have uh, people which are collecting uh, books from the avant-garde, uh, for example, or uh, drawings or uh, other uh, collecting international uh, paintings, avant-garde, huge names. I mean, you have all, all sorts of uh, collectors. And finally, you have people who are not collectors, who are just uh, private people who want to uh, have, mean, have means and want to uh, either to live with images which they choose, or uh, I have a lot of clients who come to the exhibition and they want to, to live with a part of the exhibition. I mean, 
when, when uh, I feel that uh, I did the job, it's when somebody uh, uh, leaves the exhibition with something. Even if it's a, a piece of paper for $1,200 or a, a, a painting for a million, it doesn't matter. He wanted to, uh, to bring home a, somebody a, 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 in part, a little part of this story. Yeah. This is when I know I did my and job. It takes him. It takes him somewhere, yeah? somewhere else. Not something that absolutely. He, mm -hmm. he moves a little. <laughs> Years yeah. after, I have people coming to me and saying, "You know, the piece I bought from you. It is uh, near my bedroom. It is near wow. my bed. It is there. Every time I think about, I see this piece. I think about the story." Former <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Penny, where is the art world going? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, uh, it's going uh, where uh, all our world is uh, is going. <laughs> it's going no, quite the chaos. What happened mm. to painters? How they can see Wait. in this chaos? Uh, listen, it's it very difficult. It's very difficult to answer this question because I'm specialized in a, a, a time which was unique in the uh, in all the history of art. It's uh, the time of the revolution. And uh, the specific of this uh, of these times is that there was a community of artists who fled uh, Eastern Europe, for example, to Berlin and then to Paris. They were uh, grouped in uh, Montparnasse or uh, in uh, other places in the world uh, then later. And uh, finally, it was not an individual adventure, it was a collective adventure, which is exactly the opposite of a, a, of a hundred years later, a hundred years later, it's a, a, a individual a war of influence and who's gonna make more money. And I remember the artists from the sixties, the Russian ones I met in Israel, uh, it was uh, Gobman, for example, uh, Michael Gobman was uh, close to Ilya Kabakov and all the, the big stars of the 60s, Bulatov. And I can tell you, it is a nightmare between them, their wives, and it's a permanent, uh, 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 they're shooting uh, one on the other, on permanent. Who is the, selling the most uh, valuable paintings? With the, there is a classification of artists which is published uh, uh, every year. They are crying and looking, waiting for this, you know, uh, to see wow. if they, uh, they are on top of the other or not. It's a nightmare. I mean, in the 20s, it was, of course, there was competition. There was, oh, they needed yeah, to leave, to sell. But it was, first of all, a collective adventure. Yeah. There is one artist which is called Marie Vasiliev. She was a Cubist, one of the first Cubist artists, a woman in Montparnasse. She opened the Cubist Academy in 1911. In 1914, when the war started, she was the cantina of uh, all Montparnasse. All Montparnasse were all the artists uh, which were refugees were coming uh, there to, uh, to have some uh, warm yeah. soup. No, no, to eat. Oh, to eat, right. Yeah, the cantina. Of the shake yeah, the cantina. Wow. <laughs> She was feeding them. Unbelievable. Ah. Well, you know, since it's not standing by itself, the, the art world, and it's, it's attached to everything that is going now, you know, between technology and internet and globalization and uh, um, going backwards to, to uh, whatever we experience now in every country, it will be interesting to see where the art... Uh, what the art will say. It's very different now. Um, the, the, the communities are very different now. 
you know, there are, the communities are more on the internet than in real life. Um, but also the so world becoming very nationalistic. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, there is a, a, a shrinking of the, uh, the world through this uh, nationalism. But yes. if, really there is something, the... if there is something which is uh, optimistic, and, uh, and I can, uh, this is the only prisma, I mean, this is the only way to uh, look at uh, the art. I don't see art as a, a, a reflection of the moment or, or something like this. Right. It is, we have 7,000 of uh, art history in the world from the caves up to today. And you can put on the same level, all of them, all the masterpieces, you can put them one, uh, one near the other. There's no difference between a, a something which was done 7,000 years and is a masterpiece right. and right. one which is done today. There is no problem with this. And all the, the you know, the, the, the massive uh, production you will see, they will be remaining for uh, every century, 10, 12, 15 artists, and very few uh, uh, works of art. So yeah. history Let's is cleaning. Yeah, history. Will, Let's say yeah. positive. Yeah. Yeah. Benny, pleasure. Thank you. Great pleasure, especially yeah. for me. Great pleasure being with you girls. I hope you enjoyed it too. We'll see you soon, hopefully. Very much. You're okay, regards, next time in Paris. Regards to Didier. Uh, okay. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, everybody. Bye.